Hey folks, uh, here we are again. Uh, thank you for joining us. We're going to be starting the episode soon, um, but we find ourselves again uh, beginning, beginning a show in the face of tragedy. Uh, we have a very positive show coming your way. I'm actually doing this after we've recorded the show. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about Black Panther. It's it's very positive and what this movie has become and everything. But as, as you all know, earlier in this week, um, 17 more lives were lost to violence. Were lost to gun violence. Um, 17 lives that didn't need to be lost, um, have been lost. And we've addressed things like this on the show in the past. Um, for those of you who've been listening to us for a while, you kind of know where Drew and I stand on issues like this. Um, so the best thing that we can think to do right now is before we start the show, uh, we're just we're going to observe a moment of silence for the victims. Um, as much as faith is important to my life and prayer is important to my life, um, I'm also of the opinion that they, you know, just saying thoughts and prayers is shallow and has lost its meaning. Um, so we're just going to observe this moment of silence for those victims. Uh, you know, take a moment when you can out of the day, just someone's important to you. Give them a hug, hug, tell them you love them. Um, do something to make someone else's life better every day because there's 17 families out there that are forever changed that don't have the opportunity to do that for their loved ones anymore. So brief moment of silence, and then we're going to get started with the show. Thank you. Back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man who some people call him Space Cowboy, Mr. Drew Celestino. No one calls me that. Well, I, I've heard in certain circles you're known as the Space Cowboy. Wow. I mean, I like space, but cowboys, eh, you know. Well, you know, the right kind of cowboys. Space Cowboys. Are you Han Solo's space cowboy? He's a space pirate. Well, you know, pirate cowboy. One's on land, one's on sea. Han Solo's in space. Huh. Throwing out a lot of concepts here at you early. 
Uh, I'm, I'm off guard. <laughs> What's going on? How you doing, sir? I'm all right. I'm, I'm very. Uh, I'm I'm spread very thin, and it's only getting thinner. So, uh, ah, stress levels are high, but that's okay. Well, I mean that leads us right into our opening statements, which should be interesting. <laughs> uh, how was your week? Uh, it's been fine. Just a, there's just a lot going on, and uh, it doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. So that's okay. Um, it's been good. Let's see here. Um, I'm struggling actually to recap what happened uh, last week, but uh, the weekend, um, the weekend was fairly busy. So we're doing uh, more and more. Uh, well, I did relay on the show that we decided to not go through with the kitchen situation. Yes. So instead of doing mostly. that, mostly we are going to redo the floors, but that in itself, you know, leads yeah. me into carpeting stores, tiling stores, etc. And uh, that was an afternoon on Saturday, and um, which you know you can you can go to these places with with the wife. Yep. But it's it's stressful because you might not see eye to eye on things. You guys didn't talk about what you want going into it. You think you know, then you get in the store, and then you know things change. So it can get a little stressful, but we did okay. Um, things are, the wheels are in motion, but said wheels being in motion means that, uh, we have a lot of work to do to prep for flooring, mm-hmm. which means moving a lot of stuff around and, uh, slicing up carpet and, and, and finding places to put heavy things while they put flooring in. So uh, it's going to be a good time. And by a good time, I mean, not at all. So anyway, sarcasm. Um, yeah, you know, it's something i'm fairly good at i think anyway yes um saturday night i know i did something and for some reason i am i know you didn't do game night friday we did not do game night friday um because of the week previous so (laughs) there we go now it's flooding back to me a bit (laughs) we did not record last wednesday because it was Valentine's Day, number one. Number two, because I attended the Machine Head concert uh, at the Town Ballroom. Jen came along with me, which was awesome. Uh, it was a fantastic show, as they are want to put on. So that was pretty dope. Had a great time. Uh, Machine Head's awesome. As I've said before, they are one of the most uh, underappreciated metal bands in the last 20 years in the United States, anyway. Bigger in Europe. Ironic, since they're from California, but whatever. Um... So that was our Wednesday, you know, reason for not recording the show. Thursday we had Are Black Panther. About this show? This show, that's correct. We, we recorded on Tuesday, sir. We did, but we didn't get it's complicated. I'm I'm breaking down why You're why things me. I'm breaking down why things are the way they are and why I'm all out of sorts. So Thursday we had Black Panther. It's another yes. evening out that we uh that we had there. Friday, we did not do game night. I'm trying to recall what the heck I did. I am struggling, but I know you had I had a happy hour. I you know I stayed in. That's cr- oh, that's right. Now it's coming back to me. I did have a happy hour. Or at least hour. you had told us you had a happy hour. You're I did. You stayed in. I did stay in. We had, I had a happy hour. Uh, our favorite bartender at 12 Gates, unfortunately, has left 12 Gates. So we rolled a tear because, you know, Corey was pretty awesome, and we will miss her because she was fun, and we had a good time at lunch. And she will no longer be there, but that's okay. So we had a little happy hour to say goodbye. And um, I kind of just, after I got home from that, parked on the couch and just kind of hung in for the evening. So I'm looking at Saturday. I'm not coming up with anything. 
I know something happened that night. Oh God, I'm an idiot. I made sauce. Um, sauce. And we had uh, some friends over for games and for sauce. So big. Uh, it's it's always an ordeal, but a, a welcome ordeal when I make sauce. So you know it, it, it takes time, and I I'm passionate as a Italian American male. So it's it, it's you cook from the heart and whatnot. So it was a good time. So we didn't have our game night. Yes. Like, you know, our regular game night with myself and Alan. Correct. Spoilers, folks, is on the show, but we'll bring them on a bit. But then Saturday night, you had a game night a with game other night. people. That's correct. It's it's a monthly thing. You, ours is weekly. You can go without for a week, sir. It felt empty. <sighs> well, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. Go on with your sauce. Yeah. Sauce was, sauce was good. Should have had some. <laughs> oh man the look i got fantastic uh sunday bloody sunday um mostly uh housework and whatnot again getting things kind of figured out for this imminent flooring project but then i had a jam um with another guitar player from another band who is doing this kind of local compilation record so he's doing collaborations with different people in the scene and we're all co-writing songs together so he had me over and we basically came up with a whole song in about three to four hours so kind of cool kind of a fun little thing i'm doing on the side here and good thing too because the day before also on saturday um at said machine head show our drummer our new drummer uh he, he he tore a ligament in his foot and he will not be able to perform at our show on march 10th oh, so uh oh. he will be in a walking boot for about five weeks so we are derailed a little bit mm. so we have our good friend zach coming back in to help us out so we can actually play that show so dates won't be canceled but my band scheduling is is really screwed up right now and i'm trying not to let it bother me but i was it was it was real uh stressful for a few minutes there so we've kind of ironed out our plans for the next little while did but he, did he tear in a stupid way or just kind of someone accidents happen he was in the mosh pit and someone hit so him the wrong way, way and eh, the mosh pit happened it, 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 you know you know you know what you're doing when you go in there but you can't be you can't you can't you never know what someone else is going to do in there mm. so you just got to watch out for yourself unfortunately didn't happen so someone had to take things too far unfortunately so it stinks, but here we are. Um, I did, like a good American, work on President's Day. <laughs> um, so whatever. Uh, last night, though, and that kind of brings us up to speed and why I'm, like, flying right now. Uh, last night, I was in Rochester for the G3 concert um, with uh, Def Leppard's Phil Collin, uh, Dream Theater's John Petrucci, and... Um, the Lord thy God, Joe Satriani. <laughs> um, it was excellent. Excellent show. Took my father. Um, we had a great time. I've been brought up on Joe Satriani from a very young age of like seven or eight when my dad first played me flying in a blue dream. And we've been like, that's like been our thing ever since. So uh, I'm a Satch fan for life. So uh, we, had, we had a good time. Anytime it's in the vicinity, we go together. And it was just a fantastic, fantastic show. And um, Phil Collin is a better guitar player than I ever thought he would be, being that he's in Def Leppard and, like, whatever. But he's really, really good. 
But he was a little out of his league last night <laughs> when they had to do the uh, the big jam at the end. It's like, okay, we're all going to trade off stuff. And it's like, yeah, Phil Collins pretty sweet, but yeah, that's sweet. So that was fun, though. Um, John Petrucci is technically amazing and exceptional, and he's also brutally boring. <laughs> very clinical. I, I see what he's doing, and I hear what he's doing, and it's all very correct. He's but very high-skilled, but his high skill is very paint-by-numbers. It's one way to put it. He's a perfectly cromulent guitar player. Okay. <laughs> and that's underselling him, maybe, but like, it's like, yeah, dude, you're, 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 your technique is flawless, your theory is sound, you're ripping it up, but, but yet it doesn't feel like anything. And then Saturani comes out and just, like, takes everyone to school. Like, the wizard hat is on, and he's just like, okay, I'm just going to do my thing here. <laughs> um, and it's not even so much of, like, his speed or whatever. Joe's technique, though, is just such that he approaches the instrument from such a different angle than these other guys. Joe knows all the technique, and he knows all the scales. But the way he applies it is completely... Uh, it's completely oddball and yet it's always in service to a memorable song. And the other guys were just kind of like, we're playing clinical exercises. This is how you play this part. And Joe's kind of like, yeah, but where's the song? So that's kind of my, my thing uh, with Satriani's for, for decades. That's, that's, that's how I've thought of him, and I think the work speaks for itself, but seeing it up next to other guys is especially revealing into like the insight of a musician and an artist. Like this, These guys are doing this. He's doing something else. And anyway, was, had fun. Was the rest of Chicken Foot there? No, because it's a side band. I, just, just asking. If that's all you know him from, I, 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 I you pity know for a fact you. that I know him from other stuff. Okay, all right. Anyway, anyway, I digress. <sighs> then back to work, and it's been uh, kind of a hellish couple weeks at work. So nothing. Yeah, that that's that's what's up. Yeah. So here I am, yeah. not home again. Wife's a little mad, so. A little mad that you're doing the show? A little mad that I haven't been home in like four days, so. Mm. Y- 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 you know. Yeah. You know. Well, how, yeah. how, how's it going? Going okay. Yeah. I had to, I had to work on President's Day, too. Um, <laughs> as far as the, uh, as far as the, the week goes, kind of going back to... I guess really starting point was Valentine's Day. Uh, Julie and I, my mother was generous enough to watch William for two nights in a row because Valentine's Day was Wednesday. So uh, we went to Papa Grande's on, I guess it would technically be considered Sweet Home or Maple. It's in next that, to the AMC Theater. It's in that theater. plaza. Yeah. yeah. It's in the next to the AMC Theater. Yeah. Uh, great Mexican food. Loved it. Had a, a giant burrito with a tequila lime shrimp. And they do not skimp on the shrimp. <laughs> Good. So good food there, and then we went and saw the post, the uh, the Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, uh, Steven Spielberg directed, um, absolutely fantastic. Hmm. Um, just eerie in comparison of what the events in that movie that happened contrasted to what's going on in our world today. Um, Almost like history repeats itself, Carl. Kind of. <laughs> Kind of funny how that works. Coin that phrase. Um, No, it was excellent. Um, I highly recommend it. It's weird because, like, 
the movie ends. It's not really a spoiler because it's historically based. The movie ends with the uh, the Watergate breaking. Mm-hmm. So you can actually like stop that movie and then start um, all the president's men. Yep, right after it. Nice. So that we had a fun night there. Uh, then Thursday night we all saw Black Panther, which we will be discussing in length. Uh, Friday I sat home, just hung out, and kind of did nothing. Thanks, pant load chat. Um, <laughs> Saturday was an X wing tournament, and I did fourth place. Okay, so You're moving not, up in the ranks. Not great, but not horrible. Uh, and over the course of the past week, we had some catching up to do on our, our road to Infinity War. So, because two weeks ago was the Super Bowl on Sunday, so we obviously didn't watch a movie that night. I was going to ask. I think I forgot last week to ask you how that's yeah. going. And then last week, um, I can't remember what happened last week, but we're, as of last night, we're only one movie behind now. Uh, over the course of the past week, we did Captain America, the first Avenger, ah. and the first Avengers movie. Okay. Uh, Captain America, first Avenger, I enjoyed it much more. It's been a while since I've seen it. It's been a while. And it's just, it's just really great. Um, I may have to bump Captain America up to having the best overall franchise within the Marvel Cinematic U- Universe. Originally, I had Guardians up there. Wow. Um, but just, and it's, we, we've spoken, and obviously we're going to be talking about Black Panther and, um, a lot of times in the past, we've talked about how like the score from uh, Marvel films is uh, un- not very memorable. They don't really like pop out at you. The score to Captain America and the First Avenger is fantastic. Hmm. I forgot how good it was. Um, Man, so did I. <laughs> and it's it's strange because like obviously we're going to be getting into like cultural impacts and stuff like that with Black Panther, but. You know, going from watching a movie like The Post to watching Captain America, the first Avenger, you know, a movie like the first Captain America is kind of about America, the idea, whereas, you know, a lot of our things are more historically based or kind of based around America, the execution. (laughs) Sure. The idea of America, the concept of America is, is amazing. It's revolutionary. The, how we've gone about executing it over the course of our history, not not as as great. Well, those but, who something something those who don't learn from history something something yeah, doomed to repeat. Something, it's almost something like dark side. It's almost like that should be a phrase. Something anyway. something complete. Um. So yeah, Captain America: First Avengers is great. Then on to Amanda Avengers. Hugo weaving. Oh man, he was <laughs> so freaking good in that. Then he got like red, a chat. Then red he got all. Skull was fantastic. He got all pissy about something, and then he, got, then he never he, came back. I looked up, because I remember, like, why didn't why didn't he come back? And it turns out, like, he didn't like, he didn't think much of the movie, and he hated doing the makeup. So I'm like, <laughs> my initial thought was, so you won't do another Marvel film, but you'll do, like, 18 Transformers movies, which are god-awful in comparison. But then I remember, he's just doing a voice. Right. He just so. gets to show up in his pajamas and exactly. do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that's frustrating. I really I know they have a kind of a most times have a strict non recasting policy. <laughs> I, I uh, kind of well, I, mean, I said most of the time. Hi, Rody. I mean, Rody's the only one they've really 
and that was early on. Um, yeah, but I kind of really wish they would get the Red Skull back in there. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, then first of the first Avengers film, still all the feels for that movie. Okay, seen it a bunch of times, and it's just still. Still great. It's still great. It's there's not there's not really a complaint I can make about it outside of Cap suit. I was just gonna say I'll make one. That'd be yeah. Cap suit. If we could, if we could George Lucasify the Avengers by like three percent and just CGI Cap suit out, if to, we can to get, fix that up, I'd be happy. If we can get the tone of the of the Avengers Cap suit and the des- the physical design of the Cap suit since then. Yes. Put them together. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Because the color tone was just right. Oh yeah, on the that colors suit. are good, but that helmet though. The helmet, just the suit in general, it was just it wasn't great. Yeah, at we all. we could have done better. Hey, you know what I was gonna before I forget uh, the first so, Captain America movie. Yeah. I know they played it for laughs, but if they would have did the 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 mask correctly, I thought his song and dance suit was pretty pretty banging it was that that's cap suit and chris evans fills it out nicely he could have wore that mm, uh, okay oh. i'm a sucker for authenticity yeah i don't think you, you could wear it per, like it'd have to look like kind of the chain mail look that's going on it wouldn't have to yeah it would because then it wouldn't because (laughs) because everything else in that film looks authentic and then you got that running around it just wouldn't work i have faith it's cap the characters are kind of goofy to begin with he's he's bouncing a a shield off of things and catching it physics don't work that way (laughs) i'll buy it i'll buy the suit okay um and that was, yeah, that was pretty much it. All right. That uh, that completes my week. Uh, dear listener, if you would like to tell us about listener, your Listener, you, that listener, one guy. you, that guy, that guy, <laughs> that girl that's listening to us. I know for a fact we've picked up at least one new listener this week. Um, oh, another thing I want to mention before we, we, we shield the wares. Uh, we had a bonus episode this week for those of you who may have caught it. Um, I do want, I, I made an apology on their webpage. I do want to make an apology now. Uh, there were some segments that we did at the fighting game tournament that did not make it into an episode. Um, that is 100% my fault. Um, I was handling the recording equipment and I'm not, Drew, Drew showed me what to do. He had to take off early. He showed me how to do everything properly, but I guess somewhere along the line, I accidentally hit a button I shouldn't have and it didn't record uh, three segments properly or at all. So uh, Matthew Hogan, uh, Darian Houston, and Brian Stone, my most heartfelt apologies, good sirs. You had some great segments, um, but I screwed up, and they didn't get into our bonus episode, so we will uh, find a way to make it up to you someday. Did you ever see The Super with Joe Pesci? I know of The Super with Joe Pesci. Oh, uh, well, it worked before you broke it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> okay so if you would like to reach out to us send us any questions comments what have you to be right on the show you can find us on twitter at devils do pod you can go to email you can go to facebook.com slash devils do pod you can email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com 
or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. That being said, Drew, we do have a question, and I feel it's only fitting that since we're going into the uh, cross-examination mm. that we bring in, we have a guest in the, in the courtroom today. Uh, you know him, you love him, friend of the show, Mr. Alan Waiters is joining us today. How's it going, Alan? Well, I'm pretty good here, guys. Because uh, you, were, you were there with us for uh, Black Panther. I know you've been hyped about this movie forever, so I feel... I would be a terrible person if we didn't have you on the show this week. Drew, however, didn't want you on at all. So that being said, going to questions. <laughs> this so man is go- a liar, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so we go, uh, we have only one uh, questions this week from Mr. J.J. Alcimito. Hey, he's back. He's Hi, Jay. back. In J form. In, in pog form. <laughs> Drew and Carl. Hi. And we'll, we'll shoot this over to Alan, too. Sure. If you could create a collection of Funkos from one property that you can own all the characters from, what would it be? Don't start with me. I'm, I got I to ponder this. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough because, like, hmm. what haven't they made Funkos out of? They must made it everything so far that I could think of. Yeah. You know what? No. All right. I got I got. I got Casablanca. Give me a series of Casablanca Funkos, and they have to be black and white. Don't like paint them. Go just make them black and white. Rick, Elsa, Louis, um, who else? The leader, the revolutionary leader. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. Casablanca. What about you, Alan? I would say Django Unchained. I'm old. Have they not made Django Unchained? I, I haven't seen any. If they are, you know, listeners, let me, you know, let me know. But I haven't seen any. I think that'd be awesome. Especially have him in the, you know, his purple suit. Or not the purple, the blue suit when he, you know. Yeah, the the frillies. Right. Yep. If they have him that, and they have him with a cowboy hat, and you know, the shades. And then I'd be very surprised if there were not Django Unchained Funko Pops. Because as I'm thinking of previous Tarantino films, mm-hmm. pretty much everyone has Funko Pops. Right. It. Drew? Ah. Uh, well thought about it given the propensity of Funko Pops in the world today it's hard to come up with something that would be that has not been done yet but I think the world is ready and I think we need them and we need them to be as accurate as possible Uh, I think we need the um, Tu Wong Fu thanks for everything Julie Newmar Funko Pops wow because who doesn't want Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes in drag Funko Pops just just a series of Patrick Swayze Funko Pops. Fine. Give, give, us, give, give me the ghost. Give me the ghost. I'm good. Give ghosts like <laughs> make, make, make it out of like a... I want ghost Funko Pops. Make it out of like a translucent... Or a Willie Lopez Funko Pop on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> he did, Willie. Exactly. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg Funko Pops. Yes. Mm-hmm. Several. She has several outfits. Yeah. We could have her when she's at the bank. There you go. Or when she's doing her whole uh, uh, talk to ghost thing in her, in could, her shop. You can even make like a deluxe Funko Pop set of the pottery scene. Sure. Why not? <laughs> but no, just like shirtless a, Carl. Just when he, when he spills well, the coffee on himself. <laughs> not you. <laughs> Fine. I'll keep my shirt on. Um, no, just like a series of Patrick Swayze Funko Pops. Ghost. Roadhouse. Sure. Mm-hmm. Red Dawn. 
Yeah. Keep going. Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go Swayze, you got to go full Swayze. Point, point Break? Point Break. Little surfboard. The, the, the Chippendale sketch with Chris Farley? Yes. yes. Oh, <laughs> shut up and take my money. Yes. Funko 2-pack. <laughs> shut up and take my money. I think we have a winner. The Patrick Swayze one, Funko pack is has, has to happen now. One Halloween, I'm going to have the guts to dress up like Chris Farley from that sketch. I'll, I'm waiting. <laughs> um, yeah, every Christmas, by the way, it, you should go out of your way to listen to uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000's Christmas classic, Have a Patrick Swayze Christmas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remind me next Christmas. I will, though. Uh, Drew. Uh-huh. How many more days to Long Beach? Ooh. I knew he was going to ask, and I'm still unprepared. Let me pull up the calendar, Jay. Well, by my calculations, we have, uh, let's see here. That would be seven. That'd be 14. That'd be 21, 22, um, 29. We got about 31 days. Are we going to have to bank a show for that trip? We might have to bank a show for that trip. Okay. We'll figure something out. All right. Or I can come at you live from Long Beach. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> me, and, me and Jay could do the show from Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I might not. I'm not going to lie. Wow, you take a backseat pretty quick, don't you? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> listen, if you give me a good idea, I'm going to listen to you. Um, Carl, are you trying to grow your mustache to a point where it becomes your clothes so you can cosplay as Bayonetta? Wow. Whoa. Um, wow. Yeah, that's, that's a disturbing image. <laughs> um, He's got the boots already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. No. I think the uh, the mustache is kind of... It's peaked? I think we're we're good. Now I'm just kind of maintaining. I'm you've, trimming. You've got the full, yeah, you got the full Wyatt Earp going trim, right now. Trim back a little bit at times. Um, I'll tell you what the most frustrating thing about this mustache is. Like, like with any uh, hair, there's good days and bad days. And bad days are... Uh, it's tough to walk out of the house because... One side doesn't like go as high as the other or whatnot. It's just, I thought the wax took care of all that. You'd think. Mm. It doesn't always. Um, you need a little a, comb. It's a fine line between the just right amount of wax and too much wax. I see. Yeah. So, Kinky. although I'm curious to see what the mustache <laughs> would look like if I went Super Saiyan. Ooh. Yeah. It'd be like Wario's. It'd be all squiggly <laughs> and electrified. It'd be weird because I was, you know, we I watched DBZ when I was a kid. I was wondering, like, what would Nappa look like? Yeah. If he turned Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan. I guess um, in the, I haven't finished the story mode in DBZ Fighters, mm-hmm. but I guess there's a scene where Gotens is talking to Nappa and be like, you can't go Super Saiyan. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, how do you do it? He's like, you just do. You just <laughs> go Super Saiyan. So, all right. That brings the cross-examination to a close. Jay, thank you very much. On to the case files. And we got some news to go over this week. Um, I want to start it, start with the with one thing that <clears throat> uh, brought a bunch of warm fuzzies to all our hearts. Uh, that was, we got the first teaser for Incredibles 2 this week. Yes. I still have not watched this, actually. <laughs> Like the first Incredibles movie or the teaser? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm, you guys can discuss. I've I've been yeah. swamped, and I it just I knew it was out there, and I completely have not been able to find it or watch it, and I, I forgot about it until you just said it. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I watched it. I watched it too, <laughs> and it's sure. Well, let's go. It's it's Incredibles. 
It's gonna it's gonna sell. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously it's Pixar, but mm-hmm. it just it's baffled me that it's taken them this long to get around to a sequel. Yeah, it's been fourteen years, I think. We've gotten two thousand four. Yeah. yeah, we've gotten two story, Toy Story sequels. We've gotten two car sequels, which I love the first cars. Ugh, I no, I no desire whatsoever to see either of the sequels. I've, that's never happened before. I've mm-hmm. never like really enjoyed a movie, then seen the, the like preview for a sequel, and just be like, "Nope, I'm good." Uh, what up? They've got Finding Nemo sequel. Finding Nemo sequel. So, and I'm surprised in the day we live in now with like superheroes everywhere mm-hmm. that it took them this long to get to a sequel. Right. So, yeah. Well, they yeah. got everybody back. The original cast is back. Oh, is yeah. Frozone back? Yes, he is. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, is Jason Lee back as the the villain? I don't know. Yeah, they didn't show that. Yeah, they haven't shown the villain. Okay. Um, so how many dump trucks of money do we have to drive up to Brad Bird's house now to get him to direct an actual fantastic Four movie now hmm. that, you know, the family's home again? Um, Ooh. well, he's working for Pixar, so they got him in house kind of. Yeah, but he's not a Pixar employee per se. No, but he's in the family. He's in the, yeah, yeah. he's, he's part of the. He's friendly with the mouse. Yeah. I, you know, I, I actually, I would like to see that now. <laughs> I say, just make him an offer he can't refuse. That's all. Yeah. Either, either you make the Fantastic Four movie, or, or he's you no, know, he's one of two directors that instantly spring to mind of who I'd like to see do a Marvel Cinematic Universe Fantastic Four movie. And the other Spielberg. Okay, I thought you were going to say I mean, John Waters, but I mean that's that's never going to happen. But like the the all the the all-time dream, the one thing, the one combination I would take over Brad Bird directing is Steven Spielberg directing a Lawrence Kasdan script. I wish I could have faith in that, but Spielberg's been letting me down for a while. So, well, I know you just saw the post and you yeah. got that Spielberg high going, but I'm, I'm, you know, I saw I saw yeah. Crystal Skull. I'm still a little mad. So, you know. You know, you hold on to anger like no one I've never met before. How long ago was Crystal Skull? Not long enough. Even Spielberg <laughs> said it was bad. Good. Good. <laughs> and yes, like, guys. He's right. <laughs> no, it, it is bad, but you keep hearing about freaking Indy 5. Yeah. yeah. No, no. 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 You tried to recapture the magic. It didn't work. Move on. Yep. Let it go. Indiana. Indiana. Let it go. Take a lesson from Fergie. Try something different. You realize you screwed up. Apologize. Move on. Yeah. 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 Mm. Anyway. So. (laughs) All right. So that was that. Um. So there's this small movie out called Black Panther. Little little, little indie little indie house yeah. art house film. Um, we're gonna talk about Black Panther. It will be a spoiler review, but we will let you know when the spoilers are going to begin, as we do here on the show. Sure, we're friendly. So, kind of. Black Panther took in more in its opening weekend than the Last Jedi did. Yeah, that's not by much. It was close. Well, still, yeah, just the fact that it overtook it. Like, once you've overtaken, it doesn't matter if it's by a dollar or, or a thousand. Fair you've enough. overtaken it. Fair enough. 
so I'm not sure if this is still true or if it's overtaken Avengers, but second biggest Marvel opening. Mm-hmm. Well, the opening's over, so if it didn't take yeah. it yet, then yeah. <laughs> then well, it didn't. I just I didn't see I didn't see if any stories. No, I think it, um, I think the second yeah, the, the, it, it's second only to Avengers for Marvel openings. Yeah, but overtaking the Last Jedi in its opening weekend. Now you can you can go and say like, well, you know, Last Jedi was very divisive and it wasn't the movie a lot of people were expecting. You don't that doesn't factor into opening weekends. Generally, no, because no. like the. There's not a lot of stuff out there like spoiler-wise yet, and so you're going in getting like a fresh experience. I mean, listen, we all expected this movie was going to make money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think I said like last week or the week before, that America was not ready for this movie, for what this movie is going to be. I, th- I think we I think we are. I think box office proves we're, we, were, we were ready. Yeah. We ate it up with a spoon <laughs> and <laughs> asked for seconds. Yeah. Thirds. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, uh, it's got that, legs. Son. That's, that's something worth mentioning. Sure. So any thoughts on that or we'll just get to it. Maybe we get to it. Panther, But surprise, I'll say this surprising yet not for reasons that we'll discuss it yeah. in our, in our discussion. Well, I think it was kind of surprising because like how Wonder Woman was surprisingly did well when it first came out. I think people knew it was going to do well, but they didn't think like, Whoa, it's, it's did doing this really well, well yeah. you know? Like, Marvel's like, yeah, we're swimming in cash here, boys. <laughs> I think the surprise factor of Wonder Woman wasn't as much because it's a female-led movie, right. but because it was a good DC movie. Right. <laughs> like, I think, if I remember correctly, Wonder Woman obviously was number one out of the gate, but picked up steam yeah, later on. as time went on, which is uncharacteristic for a lot of films. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. We will get to that in our review. All right. Okay, so getting into some show-relevant stuff. It was announced, I think you're this past week or the week before, a friend of the show, longtime artist, Mr. Ron Garney, will be departing Daredevil with issue 600. Ah, good night, Sweet Prince. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah, but... but he, I mean, quite a run. Yeah, he had a run. It's, you it's know, been, nothing lasts forever. No. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's leaving it under bad circumstances. I think it's like... A, this was my time here. This time is done. Um, I believe Charles uh, Soul is staying. Soule. <laughs> yes, he's, he's sticking <laughs> he's around. on the title. Um, but we definitely wish Ron all the best. Yeah. And we can't wait to see what he does next. Absolutely looking forward um, to it. I've really enjoyed his art on his Daredevil run. So, that leads us to... I don't know where I want to go next. Mm. I got two things here. Both are technically all right. Just because we're gonna we're gonna talk longer about one than we will mm-hmm. one. All right. So last week, Drew. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. Remember we talked about news about uh, no. Evo announcing their main yes. lineup. <laughs> Mar- no. Mar- yes. Yeah. Marvel yes. versus Capcom Infinite not yes. being included. Right. The uh, the final nail in that game's coffin dropped this week. It's not in the Capcom Cup, is it? It's not in the Capcom Pro <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two. I, I heard about that. Yeah, Capcom made the game. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, the game look. is five months old, and even Capcom is like, you know what? We you got to almost admire their their uh, <laughs> admission, their their willingness to admit defeat. 
it's very on Capcom of them to do so. Maybe but they're maybe they're learning. Hopefully, but yeah, this game is dead. This game, like, well, the, uh, this this game is dead. Well, that's okay. They'll, they'll make another one, and maybe they'll Will learn they? to let. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they will. will. They'll, they'll they'll make another one if they if if they can crank out Street Fighter games now fairly fairly regularly. Let's put it that way. I don't want to see one every two years, but you know, yeah, yeah. they are iterating them more. Put it this way: after Street Fighter like three or whatever, like it felt like an eternity between three and four. Surprisingly enough, eight years. Really, same amount of time. It felt between, longer. Yeah. But, oh, you're telling me, same amount of time between three and four as it was between four and five. That's strange, man. Yeah. Well, maybe you know, maybe maybe what it is then is because you know between that's a three good length of time. It is. It's a good length of time, and I think between three and four, there was also like a drought of other Street Fighter stuff. Or at least it felt that way. Yeah, fighting games. Whereas between four and five, there, there was a lot, and they yeah. supported four a lot. And it was you know fighting games kind of came yeah. back. The fighting and, game community was still there, but in the mainstream, fighting games were essentially dead, and they weren't attracting new players the right. way they are now. So they can make another one, and maybe they'll learn from their mistakes. Here's hoping, or maybe they <laughs> won't, but maybe they will, or maybe Disney goes hmm. Arc System seems to know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Let's let them take a crack at the old Marvel title. Yeah, That'd yeah, maybe. Um, I just have a, a general question about about that and sure. Evo and, and and the whatnot. Yeah. Um, having not really, I'm not super experienced with a lot of the current fighting games, but I know enough, and I'm just curious. Why is it that Injustice is included in these things? And Mortal Kombat proper is not. Um, Injustice. It's the same same company using roughly the same engine. So I'm, I'm curious why they go opt for Injustice over Mortal Kombat. They probably, a lot of things that go into consideration, I mean, obviously Injustice is newer. Um, Injustice not probably Not newer has, than MKX. Yes. Oh, so the, the Injustice 2 or whatever. It yes. Is, right? oh, okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, it's newer. It probably has a larger player base currently. So they will get more entrance for it. Mm. Um, it's probably just garnering more attention than MKX is currently. Huh. Okay. Just curious. Like, street in a lot of these tournaments, I'll be the first one to admit. Even though, like, I stand by Street Fighter in the same way you like stand by Nintendo and whatnot. Street Fighter lives and dies nowadays, kind of by its pedigree. That's kind of what keeps it as the main event. In these tournaments, that's like kind of the one started it all. Um, so that's kind of what keeps it as the main event. Whereas you can make the argument that there are better fighting games out there. Okay. Um, Mortal Kombat doesn't have that tournament pedigree. It wasn't until Mortal Kombat Nine that there were like legitimate tournaments bringing Mortal Kombat into it. So NetherRealm, in as far as like tournaments in the fighting game community, I mean Mortal Kombat's always been there, but it's never been a tournament quality fighter. Um, not until they you know redid everything with nine, and then they did Injustice, right, right, and then they did ten, and then Injustice two, Injustice two, okay. So NetherRealm is kind of new to making tournament level fighters, so that's that's probably why. Injustice 2 and stuff. Mortal Kombat is still going to be there. It's just going to be a side tournament. Mm. So it won't have like main event coverage. Okay. Just so. asking. Yep. No worries. Okay. Okay. Now, 
Yeah. Well, let's get into the hardest matter. Okay. <sighs> you don't seem happy. You know what, Drew? I'm a couple steps away from saying we have two dumpster fires going. Oh, my Lord. Oh. What? We have. What? We have. <laughs> what? The DC film. Yeah. Dumpster fire. Yeah. You're not going to agree with me, and that's fine. I'm kind of close to saying we also have Marvel Comics dumpster fire. Oh. It was announced earlier this week that yet again, (laughs) Marvel is going through a line-wide refresh. Yes. Not a reboot. No. They don't do reboots. Not a relaunch. No. Just a refresh. And a couple details have trickled out. One being there will be a new Avengers title. Yes. Written by Jason Aaron, no less. Avengers number one. Written by Jason Aaron. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Drawn by Ed McGinnis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the worst artist in the world, but he's just a little cartoony for His me style is very cartoony, yeah. yeah. Um, Avengers number one. Yes. After we went through this whole thing of legacy yeah, and yeah. bringing all the yeah, issues yeah. back to their original numbering and, yeah. you know, we're not going to do, we're going to, we're going to put events to bed for a while and yeah. focus on our characters and yeah. and BS, 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 BS. It's it's called marketing. You're Mr. Business Guy. You should you should know how this works. Yeah, but you know what? Marvel's been doing this for the past decade and a half now. And, and it keeps it's not working. working. It's not working. Number one, they're losing sell more. readers. All comics are losing readers, but Marvel's losing readers faster than most others. Yes. I I they are. But and they keep doing the same thing. We have Marvel now, then we have Marvel Legacy, and now we have whatever Marvel this is going to be. Mar- Marvel they now, always now. Do, they always do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they always do the same thing. They give out like a poster of like all the characters and whatnot. Yes, and it's just. <sighs> well, like the guy, the editor in chief said this is the most line, the most excited, the most line wide refresh since Marvel now. So since three years ago. In comics time, that's longer than you. It, it, it's longer than you, than, than you think it is. To be honest with you, um, yeah, I know where you're coming from. It is a little like just speaking out of both sides of their mouth. Until they announce that like all the titles are going to get renumbered at number one, then I'll call. Then I'll cry foul. At least in the case of this Avengers book, it is replacing all of the Avengers books. So there's not going to be five Avengers books anymore. But there they just is going brought to be Avengers back to its original numbering. And I hope it feels good. But there's going to be just the <sighs> one now. I'm not defending it. I'm just explaining it. No, I get it. It's going to be the Avengers title. That's it. Dare I say Marvel might be going for a less is more approach? I doubt it, but maybe. Yeah, I, I doubt it too. The um, other thing is... Yeah, you know, we want legacy and all that. Well, yeah, the renumbering, which which flies in the face of legacy, but prominently in that poster were Steve Rogers Cap, Thor, as as we know him, and uh, Iron Man proper. So goodbye, mm. Ironheart. Goodbye, Jane Foster. Goodbye, Falcon. Mm. Hey, comics fans, the good old days are back again. Everyone cried fa- All these loudmouth Twitter people cried foul when marvel tried to do new stuff with their with their big guns 
Well, now they're back. So put your money where your mouth is, Twitter followers, and there you go. You hated you hated the girl as Thor. You hated the black guy as Cap. Well, here you go. They're back again. I had no problem with Marvel's any giving of that. you what you want. Yay. Like I had no problem with any of that, mainly because like for a couple of reasons. One, I thought what they were doing was interesting. Two, none of those characters are like my favorite character. Sure, sure, sure. Speaking of my favorite character, yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, um, he was front and center. Great. Yeah. Uh, Dan Slott announced he's leaving Amazing Spider Man to do an Iron Man title, which kind of sucks because he's been doing Spider Man for ten years and I've loved his run. Okay, but so you're the one. <laughs> they've brought no. A lot of people have actually. Have they? They've, okay. They. I know I've always said in the past in comics, everything's returned to the status quo. Yep, yep. And in the past like couple months, Spider-Man has returned to status quo. So the old Parker luck kicked in, huh? Oh, did it. No more company. It, like, He's collapsed. poor again. He's okay. poor again. He's like, I'm like, uh, it's not so much that we're back to status quo. It's from where he came from. To be back to status quo in that quick amount of time just feels rushed. It doesn't feel authentic. It okay. just, uh, at least he broke up with Mockingbird. Yeah, that's uh, weird. I think, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's weird. Well, we'll see. I, I, that's, that's all I got. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, but, <sighs> Daredevil, Iron Fist, Defenders. I'm reading all three of these series, and they're great. Spider-Man has been on decline the past couple months. Have they decided on a new writer for Spider-Man yet? I've not heard. Okay. The new writers. Um, beyond that, I mean, there's no, really nothing. Most of what I'm reading now is DC. DC's killing it. For now. They'll find a way to screw it up. They always do. This is true. How long until they decide, quick, crisis! <laughs> it's like their big go-to move is to just crisis everything to death. That's true. So Marvel's go-to move is the number one. <laughs> so I have no idea. Yeah. It'll be okay. I'm reading Cap again. It's good. I'm still reading Thor. It's still good. It's Jason Aaron on Thor. It's still good. Still reading Daredevil. It's good. So Not reading any X-Men books, though. No. Alan, but I think that's are more you reading any X Men books. No, you're I'm a big X Men. I am, but I've not read and not or I've not read any X Men books in God. It's got to be 15 years now. Wow. Yes. So my no. statement that you're a big X Men fan. <laughs> oh, I am. Might but... not be 100 percent accurate. <laughs> Apparently, up to, up to 1999. <laughs> yes. Yes. Celebrates the back catalog. <laughs> <laughs> After that, it just went downhill. I was like, oh, oh, oh no, Jean like... Grey's back again. Oh, yeah, well, that's yeah. now, yeah. But I mean, the Grant Morrison run was. My jam. Mm-hmm. So, and that has just been, and and know. and most of the Whedon run, I'd say, it was also very good. So, yeah. Since then, I, but I I also concede that a lot of that is is kind of me as well personally. I'm like I said, I've, I've said this before on the show. I think the X Men are a franchise that really speaks to uh, angsty youth. Your angst being however you want to be define it, be it racial, be it. Uh, sexual orientation, be it whatever. If you feel like an outsider, you will be attracted to the X-Men. When I was in high school and whatnot, I always felt like an outsider, especially in my school situation. And I was into heavy metal and I was 
kind of the odd man out. So the X Men, the X Men spoke to me. Now that I'm a seemingly sort of well adjusted normal person as an Avenger adult, speaks to you. <laughs> I'm a little more like, yeah, you know what, X Men. I just your your plate doesn't ring true with me anymore that I'm old. <laughs> A little more Reed Richards, a little less Gambit these days. Kinda, kinda. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, and you know that if that makes me sound like a jerk. I'm sorry, but that's yeah. you know, life changes, and your no, no, your tastes change over time. So exactly. But I, I don't think they've done themselves any favors over the years either. The, no. the stories have kind of been like, you know. Yeah, it's like how many times? Like I said, like I said earlier, they brought back Jean Grey for the umpteenth time again. I think, I think this it's, is it's actually like the, the third or fourth. Fourth. Oh, yeah. It feels like she's it feels been, like more, but yeah. it's really not. Yeah. She has been dead. See, here's the thing. I don't know. I think they pulled some crap where they brought her back after Grant Morrison killed her, but I didn't read it, so I don't recall. It was like the Phoenix End song mm-hmm. storyline. I don't. I, it was a couple yeah. years after that, but for all I know, she's been dead since. Uh, she has been dead since Magneto killed her and Grant Morrison's new X-Men 15 years ago. That's a pretty strong hmm. period of time for her to be gone. Yeah. Scott was with Emma maybe longer than he was with Jean. Well, we had, you know, young Jean. Yeah. Past. Yeah. <laughs> See, now you're losing me. <laughs> that was the last time I was reading X-Men. I read that. It was when it they was, did that. It was, uh, I was like, okay, if you want to do this for like a year-long arc and then end it. Yeah. That would work out really well because yeah. I think the idea was interesting. How does like if you came face to face with yourself from fifteen years ago, how would you react to yourself? Sure, mm-hmm. really good idea there. But like everything Marvel does, well, hey, this is a good idea. Squeeze every last bit of life out of it. I, Hashtag Clone Saga. <laughs> you know what I think is I I, I may. The other thing with getting older, and I think sales might back this up to a degree. I don't. I don't know. Someone have to do some math on this, but I think people are looking for more finality in stories. So monthly comics, as we know, there is no finality. They, yeah. They're going to keep on going, whether we like it or not. And I think public tastes have kind of changed over time, and we want limited stories we want endings we want closure so you know they're Mar- marvel's gonna keep bleeding stuff because they gotta keep bleeding stuff because they're that's they gotta keep that ip yeah. out there i mean i don't know i, I think th- i think there's something to be said of moving away from the trend of killing characters to just like removing characters for a story reason and whatnot like you can do you know x-men has always had a rotating roster there's no reason you can't have say, okay, we're going to kind of put Gene and Scott on the table for X amount of years. They're kind of, kind of go off and live their life. And at some point they'll be back, but we're going to do that. But like, if you kill them, there's a quote unquote finality to that, that you have to work your way around <laughs> when you want to bring them back. Yeah. Like even yeah. Scott's died a couple of times. He's dead now. Mm-hmm. Is he dead now? He's dead. Okay. Who killed him? Uh, the Phoenix Force killed him, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Is Professor X still dead? Uh, he no, came back. he came of back. Of course he came back! He got better. Yep. It's but he's not in his body, though. Yeah. He's in somebody else's body. It's kind of like X-Men 3, Carl. <laughs> no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, no, Alan. I know, but God, I don't want to remember that. Who's 
whose body is he in? I don't know. He's in some mutant's body. I forgot his name. Some oh. comatose body yeah. that Moira McTarget had on a bed in Scotland. Just like X-Men 3. Oh, I'm kidding. Geez. I don't know. But why, yeah, he's why back. would you? Oh, man. Like, sometimes there's... Look, I'm just happy he's back, all right? Because last I checked, Rick Remender cut out his brain and put it into the Red Skull. Because that's a thing that happened. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, sometimes there's a death of a character that is done well. It's done out of the blue. There's no build-up to it. And... When you when they bring that character back, it kind of feels right. Perfect example, Colossus. There was no build up to Colossus's death. It just happened in a random issue of Uncanny X Men. Yeah, kind of. And then they they brought him back, and everyone was happy because it's Colossus. Sure, gotta have him back. Sure. All right, all right. All right. We can go on and on about <laughs> <sighs> stupid freaking Marvel comics. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a really bad relationship that we keep coming back to. Cause, yeah. Like, we remember when the relationship first started It's like out. WWE, man. <sighs> oh, boy. Same thing. We remember those good times, and we keep hoping they're coming back, but they really don't. <sighs> Blips on the radar. Sometimes there's hope. You just want to hear the glass shatter. I just want to hear the glass <laughs> shatter. That's right. That's why I don't to come out. Start, start whooping. Anyway. <sighs> anyway. All right. All right. All right. Okay, so that brings to an end the case files, unless is there anything else I can oh, think of? No, uh, so Deadpool 2. We know it. about Deadpool yeah. Well, you, don't, you didn't know out. who's in it. Who is in it? Deadpool? Terry Crews. Oh, Terry Crews in it. Okay, he's he's GW Bridge. Oh, okay. So they're doing like the six-pack yep. thing. They're bringing back the six-pack. Okay. So Shatterstar's in it. They're doing Rob Liefeld the movie. Pretty much. Oh, man. I'm not ready for this. The Shatterstar are going to have like the weird face. Yeah. yeah. In the, in the, in the yeah. visual, you can see what the little helmet thing is. Is it going to have the double blade sword? Double blade sword. He should. With the spikes on the knuckles. If he doesn't, I'm going to be very yeah. upset. Yeah. If he doesn't, it's not Shatterstar. You what know, you his know, power. I, it doesn't matter. He's just a good fighter. All right. That's a power. From the Mojo universe, you know. You know, it'd be really awesome. What? If, if they want to be really clever about it, which I think. I don't think anyone there would have thought of, but I would have because I'm I'm like this. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I mean, you never saw the first Deadpool. I would. Uh, I saw some of it on a plane. I was. I chuckled a couple times. Uh, I would shoot the whole movie since we're since we're going all in on Rob Liefeld. Yeah, '90s stuff. I'd shoot the whole movie, and there would not be a was, was single solitary shot of anyone's feet in the whole movie. <laughs> And sometimes just no background at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Blind, just cross-hatching. Just static. Just cross-hatching. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, and Cable's man. eye is going to change sides at least four times in the movie. Uh, you could. I think this is a good idea, to be honest with you. Right, yeah. I'll go with it. I'll fly. I'll all right. Pilot. All right. This is gold. I'm giving you gold, Marvel. <laughs> Fox, whoever. That brings us to the end of the case files, and now on to the subject matter at hand, which is, obviously, we're not going to be talking about Punisher this week, because we all went and saw Black Panther on Thursday night. So from this point out, if you have not seen Black Panther, there will be spoilers. So you be warned. You should go see it now. Spoilers, 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 starting now. Okay, so Black Panther, um, how do we want to approach this? We just do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us, <laughs> just yeah, fire out your thoughts. Give us uh, impressions. 
Go. Okay. My snap judgment. Uh, good movie. One of the good Marvel movies. They're all good. Marvel's worst movies are good. Okay. So you're never going to hear me complain much about a Marvel movie being bad because they no, there is no such thing. Yeah. So it is one of the I better. I ones. watch Iron Man three this week, so we'll you'll, see how well. I bet you'll up. like it more the second time around. I have watched it the yeah. second time, and it was it was better the second time around. All right. Well, it's been a couple of years. So okay. We'll see. Uh, no, it's one of the better ones. I'm not going to put it. I, I don't do rankings very well, but yeah. I do have a general vague. You know, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Cap the Cap ones are always my yeah. my top top dogs, just because Cap, especially Winter Soldier. What an excellent movie that was. Yeah. Um, Guardians might be up there. Uh, it, anyway, without getting into that, Black Panther is one of the very good Marvel movies. Um, and dare I say, one it has a, a vibe of seriousness uh, that's kind of refreshing for the Marvel movies because they've been, you know, little jokey joke. They've been they've been doubling yeah. down on the jokey joke for a while now. Black Panther does not do that. It's yeah, got really. moments of levity, but it's by and yes. large pretty serious. Yeah. Um, but I think as a movie, it, it did have some pacing issues, which, you know, I'll, I'll knock at some points for that. Um, the rhinoceroses almost took me out of the film a bit. <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, this is happening now. That's fine. There's some wonky physics happening with some of the technology, which I'll, you know, okay. Yeah, we're going to have, we're we're gonna gonna have gonna, a moment where we can kind of have, if we have any problems with our nitpicks. I'm, we'll I'm going to be a damp, not a wet blanket, but a damp blanket on that front. Moist. Those are, those are the we'll negatives. Moist <laughs> sure. However, the thing that Moist. I, th- th- there's two things uh, that make it exceptional. One, give them the Oscar for best costuming right now because nothing is going to top it. Nothing. Yeah, they will, better win that. You will not see a more amazingly designed colorful just vibrantly realized movie than black panther it is stunning to look at it is a joy to look at two probably dare i say outside of a team-up movie like guardians the best ensemble of characters in a Marvel movie. Yes, hands down. There's, uh, there's no other Marvel movie that comes close for pound for pound the amount of quality characters Dude, the, in the, the film. The, the heroes alone. T'Challa, uh, Shuri, uh, uh, Okoye. Okoye, and who is uh, uh, Nakia. Nakia. The four of them. Don't forget Bilbo. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, ever he, Ross. He felt tacked on, but whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. They were dynamite together, yeah. all of them. And yeah, don't tell me Marvel can't make a female-led superhero movie because they th- three women in this movie are all excellent and have just as much presence and screen time as T'Challa does in this movie. Yeah. So big ups, they are fantastic, and the supporting cast is great too. Like uh, when he shows back up in the end, spoilers, uh, Mumbaku. He's awesome. Yeah. And he's he, his whole little thing there in the end, he like steals the movie when they're in his kingdom. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm singing the praises of the characters of that movie cuz they are excellent. They they fixed a very problematic comic character. They made it work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in the comic it's a little, you know, yeah. the, the white ape man. Right. <laughs> but it works on film. Yeah. He's, he's that's just his tribe and that's yeah. that's how he chooses to dress and he's and he's serious as hell. And it's cool. And his throne room looks so cool. Yeah, really I want logs hanging from my ceiling. <laughs> They're spears. Yeah. Oh, 
Okay. They were weapons. Whatever. Yeah. They, they would look cool. They look really cool. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's my snap Black Panther judgment, man. Alan Waiters, go. Was really, really well done. Like I said, the cast, it can, is, it was the most perfectly cast of actors I've ever seen. From Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker. By the way, they fixed his eye. <laughs> yeah, but they broke T'Chaka's yeah. eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, they fixed Forrest Whitaker's eye and doubled it for T'Chaka. Marvel, well, giveth, Marvel, Marvel taketh away. <laughs> when you go to the afterlife, you don't need your eye to be fixed. You wouldn't think of the afterlife. It's that's where it is fixed. Right, right, right. It's like if I go to if I lose an arm when I when I die, I hope I have the arm back. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, the, I thought, you know, everybody was great. And like I said, M'Baku, by the way, is a UB grad. Oh. Yeah, he's from Rochester. Yeah, he's from Rochester. How do you like that? And so, you know, local boy, it was good to see him, you know, do well. And like I said, his character was really, really good. When he had some funny bones. graduated. Uh, anyway. Like that. But yeah, I was surprised when I read that this morning. I was like, oh, so, oh he graduated from UB. So that's pretty awesome. But yeah, it was the whole cast was just so good and michael b jordan by the way I, has to be yeah in the top two best marvel villains if if michael b jordan and ryan coogler are involved in a film yeah I'm it's going gonna be to good it. you don't even have to you just have tony those two are involved between this and creed mm. <laughs> <laughs> dang like michael b jordan just like you just you could just feel the hate when it comes to like ooh, like Damn, he went through a lot of shit or a lot of stuff. But. Hey, now it's okay. Sorry. Family you, show. You, you Sorry, can, you, can be, you can be passionate. It's Black Panther. It's okay. <laughs> you, you, you You've say, seen it twice. You're excited. <laughs> Three times, actually. Three times. <laughs> My God. But yeah, it was just like you can see him. Like you know, you feel all his pain. You you just you just feel it. What I will say yeah. about him as a villain is like he's definitely one of the more complex Marvel villains yeah. because, yeah. like, from a certain point of view, man, he's not unjustified right no no he's and that makes makes him compelling yeah he makes valid points now the murder murder let's blow up the world's government's angle Mm -hmm. okay maybe not let's yeah whoa slow down buddy i mean we've but the rest we've kind of had this discussion in group chats before about the air quotes you know marvel villain problem Mm -hmm. i don't think it's necessarily a problem per se i just think it's their their weakest point um and drew something you said really kind of stuck with me once is that Marvel chooses to focus on and elevate their heroes. Right. Whereas in DC films, you kind of see them choosing to focus on and elevate the villains. Right. Especially in Batman. Yeah. Um, But this, this character Killmonger is just, I think he is the best Marvel screen villain that we've had yet. He's up. You know what I like about him? You, you're probably right. I, w- I was going to say, like, I guess we can't say Loki because he's kind of anti-heroish now. So right, that's, yeah. that's fair. Um, you know who is really good and underrated, but I think he's really good for similar reasons that Killmonger is really good is Zemo. Hmm. And he's yeah. really good no, because good. Mm-hmm. he's got a personal stake. Yeah. And you feel it like, you know, he's got an axe to grind and he and he grinds. And yeah. by and large, he's not again not unjustified for how he where he got to and why yeah. he feels the way he feels. And and both characters exist out of consequence of the actions of the heroes. Mm-hmm. Yes, which I think gives a lot to a villain when you're able to do that. But uh, Alan, you were 
Right. So they filmed. It kind of feels like almost like a Shakespeare tragedy. Yeah. Because the stuff with his father and the brother heavy. Like, and he comes back. And I was always coming. I was kind of like Lion King too. Kind of like you know, like Simba <laughs> goes away. He comes back. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna get my throne back. Sure. You know, it kind of feels like that. Like I say, I almost feel like a Shakespeare tragedy. Like you're like, man, this it's, is just it's so very good. Hamlet-ish. Yeah, very sure. Hamlet. And you're like, this is really, really deep. And then what kind of stuff? You you're just like, man, this is pretty free. This is pretty freaking cool. I want to go to this place. You know, even though secluded. You know, and you see all these, you know, all the people are pretty much joyous and happy. And to see the five tribes, there's five different tribes that came together that form Wakanda. And you can see it's, it reflects how Africa is. But there's so many different tribes. And you can see all those tribes in Wakanda. Even, you know, M'Baku's tribe, the, the Jabari, up in the mountains. You right, know, right, right. They were the only one that... That's, they kind of reject technology a little right, bit. Right, they're like, yeah. yeah, we don't need this technology. We're just going to go to the mountains. Everybody's like, oh, okay. Everybody else in Wakanda's like, we'll just enjoy this technology. And to me, the other breakout star had to be Shuri. Yeah, she was fun. <laughs> she <laughs> was just very sassy, very smart. One of the things she goes, they, they had the um, the things that mobilized the cars. He goes, they work perfectly. And T'Challa goes, they work perfectly. He goes, just because they work perfectly doesn't mean you cannot improve them. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, man, she's really good. She's ahead of the curve, man. And she's... And, at comic book accurate, she's one of the smartest beings in the Marvel Universe after Reed Richards, Tony Stark, and then the Shuri. Just wait till she tags up with Tony Stark in yeah. one of these upcoming movies. They're going to invent, like, crazy stuff. I can't even imagine. Um, speaking of Shuri and the tech and all that, was I the only one that was getting the James Bond vibe uh, yeah. when they when she was showing them the new toys and they go the to a whole, casino and stuff? Yeah. It's like a James Bond movie. I was thinking about this. The whole film was not... Com- the structure of the film was not completely unlike a James Bond mm-hmm. movie because you have like your opening action scene and then you know the return back to base, visit with Q Branch. Yeah, yeah. Just like a lot of the beats of the film kind of followed the classic James Bond formula, which we're not saying is a bad thing. No, no, no. But yeah, you could definitely feel that in there. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, as far as my reaction to it, again, I, I thought it was fantastic. If I were, I'm very big on differentiating between personal preference and overall quality. Like if I was to make a personal top 10 list of Marvel films, it would probably be like just outside the top five mm-hmm. only because themes of other films speak to me more than um, this necessarily. But again, it's just outside. If I'm going to make a list of Marvel films based on the quality of the film, this is easily in the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where, you know, this is 10 years later. We're like what? 18, 19 films in now. And mm-hmm we're still getting shown new things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a kind of a, a aesthetic thread throughout all the films to where you can tell it's a Marvel film, but it still has its own identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film, what I really enjoyed about it is that it was a self-contained Marvel film. Big time. It, Not a lot of yeah, connective like, tissue it, to the mm-hmm. other ones. It connects kind of to Civil War because it picks up right after Civil War. Right. But that's about where the connective tissue ends up until the last post credit scene. Right. And even that's not like really huge. It's very self-contained 
And that's I think that's intentional. Yeah, and that that's what gave it a lot of its strength. It didn't worry because that then you see how how well that worked out with Guardians in that when we don't have to worry about connecting the dots to other aspects of the Marvel universe, we can a lot of times tell a better story. Sure. Now, it's not saying that the films that connect the dots in the Marvel universe don't tell good stories. It's just that sometimes it's good to have like these kind of standalone films. And especially now having like gone back, you know, Julie and I have come to the end of phase one where everything was predominantly self-contained mm-hmm. up until Avengers. Like Coulson and Fury were kind of the linking uh, components throughout, but beyond that, everything was kind of self-contained and it made for a, a good experience. And that's, I think, what contributed a lot to how great this film really was. But yeah, I totally agree with you, Drew, as far as like the design, the costume design, the production design, um, what Wakanda looked like. I was interested how they were going to uh, explain Wakanda and just the way they did it in the first five minutes of the movie. I was like, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got, we've got all the back history we need for Wakanda. Let's go. The different tribes, um, the performances all around. Angela Bassett, just she can still be Storm. She could <laughs> I, still, I would say the same thing. She's almost sixty years old. She could still be Storm. She should have been Storm. I mean, it was between her and Holly Berry, and Holly Berry was the hot commodity in the late nineties because she was hot. She had a couple good movies, but Angela Bassett. I was just looking at her. It's like I'm just looking at it, it's like. She should have been Storm. They gave her the, they gave her the they white gave hair. Her the white hair. They gave her the white <laughs> hair. <laughs> she can do it. She can still do it. Still do it. Still good. I was like, uh, you dropped the ball on that X Men. You really did. Because I would have killed to see Angela Bassett as Storm, and she had the accent and everything. It was just like, oh, ah, yeah. why'd you drop the ball on that? Um, unsung hero of the movie, like MVP for like the bench, yeah. of the film, mm. and this film has a deep yeah. bench. Um, Andy Serkis. Oh, I was yes. same same thing. <laughs> he was so good. Andy Serkis's claw is just—he was having fun in this movie. Yeah. He, he was just happy to be on screen and not in like a motion capture suit. <laughs> <laughs> this well, guy—he well, made the most of his time. Th- this guy is so such a talented actor, and has not gotten I think a lot of the credit he deserves because a lot of what he does is with motion capture, like. Gollum and Snoke. Caesar. Yep, Caesar. Caesar. Um, he doesn't get the credit he deserves, but like he was allowed to kind of cut loose, do his thing in this, and it was it was just the way they used the character was so good and just right. Yeah, because like we were like in the end when we were coming out of theaters. Because he dies at the like spoilers. He dies. Well, well we already said spoilers. Um, yeah, Killmonger he dies. kills him. Yeah, and kind of uses him as a token to get into Wakanda. He dies, and we're talking coming out of the theater. Like initially, we were like, "Oh man, I kind of wish this hit." Then we we're like, "You know, you don't really need the character beyond mm-hmm. this." No, he he served his purpose, but he was fun. He was very fun. Like I was kind of wondering, like in the trailers, I wasn't crazy about how the hand worked. But the hand was fine. Mm-hmm. And execution, cool. I thought it was pretty yeah. cool. I mean, when you look at what the character is in the comics, you know, pink, yeah. pink, and 
purple trunks with a weird satellite dish in his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they kind of updated him a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, he was fantastic. I thought Martin Freeman was good. Um, I, and Alan, I know you were Drew. I know it's not so much your thing, so you didn't care as much. But the whole interrogation scene—oh, I was thinking the same thing. I was just like, "Oh man, we're getting riddles in the dark scene again." <laughs> Gollum and Bilbo back together. I was like, "I hope Andy Serkis just slips a little bit back into Gollum." Like you, you know, you know, because they always give gag reels with yeah. the discs on this. There's got to be something about that in there. I mean, if there isn't, fine. But I, I just kind of hope, but. But it, it was good to see them both, yeah. you know, back together. Yeah, it was the Tolkien white guys, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's like the best joke to come out of this. Um, I'm trying to think of what else like I really liked about it. We can just say everything was pretty much. Yeah, everything. Everything's pretty good. great in the movie. Like you're so, not going to come out of it saying like that stunk. No, yeah. <laughs> you're nuts. Like yeah. they did a good job here. I mean, now I mean nothing is perfect. I no. do have some mm-hmm. very slight nitpicks. Very slight. And like I said, I had pacing issues. <laughs> See, and some, and I and, mentioned, and some dodgy CGI at, at times. I mentioned this to you coming out. I don't feel that the pacing was bad. The pacing was just not what we expected it mm-hmm. to be. This movie has a good pace to it. It just doesn't... Like, when you watch the trailers... A lot of what you see in the trailers, you're thinking, okay, that's like the climax of the film or not. What's actually like the midway point of the film. Because watch... If you were... Before you've seen the film, you're watching the trailers. You're thinking that fight between T'Challa and Killmonger when they're out of their suits is the ending of the film, is the climax of the film. It's not. It's just like the halfway point of the film. The thing is, in the movie, it felt like a climax, too, though. Yeah. Like, when they got into the waterfall and they're going to yeah. fight, I was like, oh, wow, this is like, it felt like the end. And yeah. then it goes for another 30 minutes. <laughs> and it's, but it's still, like, again, it. It's unexpected pacing, but I felt the pacing was good. Alan, what did you think of the pacing? I thought the pacing was good, too. And they, like I said, they build him up. It wasn't like right away, you know, you, we didn't know what Killmonger's objective was right away. But then later on, when he comes back, you're like, oh, okay, I see how they built him up there. And he, and like I said, the, it was very good. The pacing was a little bit slow. A little bit, like I said, there's a little nitpicky, nit, uh, nitpicky things. But other than that, I thought it was great. Yeah, my my two nitpicky things are there were times during the movie when the technology kind of took me out of the movie. Yeah, okay. Because it was so far advanced. Like, I get that this is a, a very advanced culture that, you know, we get to see what the possibility of an African culture without colonialism and slavery coming in can do but it's just like it felt like it was and this is kind of a problem that i have with a lot of marvel comics one as the technology is is so far advanced to what we have today like there were a lot of it was cool but there were some times where it just kind of that was so fantastical that kind of took me out of the film um that and there were some very green screeny moments. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Like, especially in the waterfall scenes. Like, yeah. like when they're looking yeah. up at the rocks mm-hmm. and all the tribes on the rocks, looks fantastic. The second they're showing the character from the front and the, the background is over the falls and whatnot, eh, <laughs> little, little green screeny. Yeah, yeah, little yeah. Little green screeny. I mean, it's not justicely bad, but, you know. No, <laughs> no, no. They... They use PS4 graphics. Yes. Justice yeah. League only use PS3 graphics. Yeah. Um, 
I think, like I said, some of the physics for a little. I mean, look, we're talking about a, a film franchise, Marvel, where like Iron Man falls out of the sky from space and doesn't. He's not mush in oh, the suit. <laughs> so here, you know what I mean? Like You're caught. So in in this flick, we've got Black Panther and um, another nitpick, uh, another Marvel movie where the the hero fights a mirror version of himself at the end. But you know, because Iron Man did that. Yeah, the first one too, yeah. and. You, you, you know, you know, that's okay. We'll let it go for now. Um, but they fall down that chasm. Yeah. They were already elevated, were they not? And then they fell down the chasm like a thousand feet and they they like land on the ground. It's like, man, I know that suit is, is tough and it's got the tech in it, but you would be mush <laughs> inside of it. Well, they explain for T'Challa's suit. I, I, I'm not sure I, if Killmonger's suit I, works I know, the same but, way. You know, yeah, but it kind of goes back to sometimes the tech. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it's a mo- again. It's, yeah, these it's are a, it's a movie. These Come are on. by no means even approaching deal breakers. No, mm-hmm. these are just like this film is great. You should definitely go see it. These you probably already like, have based on the box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alan, did you have anything you were kind of like you know shenanigans? No, I mean shenanigans. <laughs> no, I mean, but for me as an African American. It was just great to see, you know, an all pretty much a predominantly all black cast, uh, a black director that you know portrays black people in Africa in a positive way. Never seen this when I went to see it with you know my students uh, last Friday. All we're, their kids. Oh, because we're gonna we're gonna have a whole separate discussion yeah. on that. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, post credit scenes. Um, the first Two of one them. could have been part of the movie, mm-hmm. although I saw an interview with Ryan Coogler today. I saw the that, same thing. Mm-hmm. He said he wanted the end of the film to be the kids. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, all right, I'm fine. Fire, Good. Fair enough. So the first post credit scene, yeah, whatever. You know, this is like him to the UN. Yeah. Say, hey. But the funny thing is like, you know, they don't know what we know. As, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. that, that was kind of the fun stinger of it all. Like, oh man, these, these, these UN types probably get their minds blown. But yeah. you know, um, then we get. The end and end credit scene. Oh, hi, Bucky. Bucky's defrosted. And he's he's recovered? Kinda? I don't think they would have thought him if they didn't think he was ready. I, I think he's... It looked like he was kind of, at least to me, in the process of recovering. Yeah. He thanks Shuri for all the help. Yeah. So, you know, What'd you, Bucky. What did you think of him, man? I thought it was really good. Like I said, I think he's not all the way recovered, but I think Shuri helped him out yeah. to at least 75%. You know what I'm saying? Mm, he's not possibly. all the way, but I think he's close to enough where he's going to be good in, good for Infinity War. I think he's going to be a Wakandan spy Ooh. going forward. Possible romance there? No, slow down. She's like, yeah. she's like what, 15? She's like 15 16. years old. <laughs> Come oh, okay. on now. Um, but so, it does beg a question. Yes, and it and, and I understand completely, and I would advocate. I would def- I will defend the decision not to include him. But if Bucky's there, thought out, where was Cap this whole time in this whole movie? Where's Cap? We know Cap's in Wakanda too. He probably left after dropping Bucky off. I guess I was thinking we, that too. We, yeah, we didn't get any indication that Cap stayed. You know, he's kind of a fugitive. He's kind of on the run. Yes, keyword being on the run, <laughs> moving. 
He's he's cap. He's not going to want to hang out and do be inactive doing nothing. He's going. We all want to be out there in the world with his secret Avengers and fair enough doing this. Fair thing. enough. Just wondering. So this is uh, this is my thought and going. I know I mentioned this to you and you kind of agree with Drew and you kind of agree with me. I think going forward, it's it's clear that Avengers: Infinity War is going to be a major change the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it. I think they've said as much. Yeah, they've said it. Um, there's go- clearly some characters are either going to leave, die, retire, what have you. I think going forward, I'm hoping the plan is that the next evolution of the Marvel Cinematic, U- Cinematic Universe is built around Black Panther. That T'Challa mm-hmm. is the new kind of Tony Stark central figure link of the universe hmm. given its box office performance likely yeah <laughs> yeah very likely that plays out so yeah i'm just thinking of like got t'challa who do you who do you want to see if if cap goes away yep who do you want to see as cap do you want to see sam or do you want to see bucky selfishly bucky just because it was handled so well in the comics and i yeah i'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for the ed brubaker stuff so yeah, Bucky Cap would be would be my my choice, and it feels like they've wanted to get there. Well, again, I'm 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 in, I'm I'm projecting on that because that's how it happened in the comics. So it, to me, it feels like they want to get there, but they could just as easily they've built up Sam Wilson just as much in the in the movies, yeah, as they have Bucky. So I could just as easily see Sam do it, but um, I I would like Bucky to be the next Cap, just because of my comic familiarity but either or is, is hey go go for it yeah you're gonna have to do something you know do something maybe just with a better suit than what he had in the comics i didn't i wasn't mm-hmm. crazy about the bucky cap suit uh, i was i was okay with it yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't i just it did the the whole like shininess the shininess it. i'll give you yeah i didn't yeah. like the shininess the rest of it i thought just was just like okay, how though. it was like a like a v yeah. And well, you had, to, you had to differentiate from real cap somehow. We had to... I, th- I think if you kind of make it look a little more military, like, you know, kind of like black ops cap, well, which is kind of what Bucky would kind be of, as cap. But that's kind of what cap's been wearing, like yeah. his Civil War outfit or his, uh, his Winter Soldier outfit's kind of, you know. Yeah. So anyway, without getting yeah. too deep into it, I could see that happening. Um and and if you're thinking Black Panther is going to be the central figure of the new Avengers going forward, Bucky's already in Wakanda. He's already got ties. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. So, kind of. Yeah. Anyway. Alan, yeah. thoughts? If I would definitely want to see more as but if if they go that route, definitely want to see Bucky as Cap more than Sam Wilson. All right. I think Bucky, like I said, I I watched, I read the comic books too, and I think the Bucky cap was better than the Sam Wilson cap. But you know, if there was going to do Avengers, I don't think we'll be centered more around T'Challa. I think maybe more Doctor Strange. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, I I think Doctor Strange is going to play more more of a prevalent role than Black Panther. I I would think so. Hmm. I mean, it depends where the storyline is going with, you know. Sure. Because if they, well, if they go with Illuminati, they may be... 
they were both in the Illuminati. That's true. But they, I don't, I don't, I can't yeah. see that being the case with uh, these flicks. Um, spoilers for those who don't read the comics. There is this idea of the Marvel Illuminati in the comics, and it's you know, it's it's cute it's, on paper and in mm-hmm. execution. I'm 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 it's, a little mixed it's on it. Reed Richards, Professor Stephen X, Strange, mm-hmm. Professor X, T'Challa, Tony Stark. Was Tony Stark? In? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and Namor, and Namor. And they were the 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 they were behind the scenes of a lot of nefarious deeds of the Marvel universe in the name of the greater good and whatnot. Yeah, it, it's it's a little bit. <laughs> I can't see that happening so much here in these movies. But yeah, then again, you never know. Right. See, I mean, personally, I I don't think they've really positioned Strange to be like a leader type person. He's never really been that in the comics. So, I mean, it'd be interesting if they, they try, but I'd rather see T'Challa is calling the shots. So, all right. When this movie ended, um, I, I, I leaned over drew. I'm like, I was thinking, I said to him like, this movie's going to be kind of hard to talk about. And he looked at, I looked at me with the puzzled look that, he's looking at me now is because as far as the, the comic book aspect of this film, we can speak with, you know, relative expertise on the comic book structure of the film, what they use those from the comics, things like that. Uh, but it's become clear. It was clear before the movie came out. It's become so much more clear after that. This movie is bigger than just a comic book film. I'm not talking about like, uh, box office wise and things like that. I'm talking culturally and Alan, you allude to that. And that's kind of what we're going to get into now. I said to drew, and this was just me and I'm not sure if drew felt this way. If he didn't, that's fine. But for me personally, I didn't feel qualified to speak on this film from a cultural standpoint, because I, I I'm just being honest. Listen, I'm a 40 year old white guy. I've lived in the suburbs my entire life. I have never, ever experienced anything that can be even remotely in the ballpark of being considered oppression. You know, my life has been an embarrassment of riches and blessings that I, I do not deserve. Um, God's been very good to me and just, you know, I looked out. So I felt it was important. I mean, I've heard there's some other podcasts I've listened to, uh, that have joked around about, hey, we're just a couple of white guys talking about Black Panther. Um, and you know what? If we couldn't get anyone here, I'm sure that we could talk about it again from a comic book aspect. But given the cultural impact of this film, I felt it was important to have a voice here who could speak to that now. And that's one of the reasons why we had you on the show. Like you mentioned, you are an African-American. So I, I guess, I mean, you're an African-American, you're a teacher, um, you started talking about it earlier, and I mean, by all means, go on with your thoughts. But like, what, what does this movie mean? Not so much, I mean, obviously to you personally, but in the big picture, what does this movie mean? In the big picture, this movie is going to be, you know, historic for generations, especially for African American children. They finally have a role model that looks like them. They can say. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, they look up to Superman, you know, Spider-Man, and I'll talk about Miles Morales, talk about Peter Parker, Spider-Man, but to have an actual, 
you know, actual black superhero that represents it, that represents the community. And, you know, like I said earlier, you know, this is the first movie that portrays Africa and black people in a positive way. We've never seen that before. We've seen all the different cultures, all the different tribes of Africa, not all of them, but a lot of them. And then people's like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. Because back in, you know, usually it's... um, Films that portray African Americans to Caesar usually as pushers, uh, on drugs, always angry. But this is the first one that's it's in a positive way, and it speaks to a lot of people in the community. Because, like I said, I went to with I went to see it three times. The first time with you guys, second time went with the school and the students, and I see all the all the kids that you know that look like me, and I was like, man, they're just like fifteen year old me. I finally get to see us like if I say I look in their eyes, I'm like, that's fifteen year old me right there. I will be so I'll be like that. I'll be there'll be tears in my eyes. And it was just such a great film. And you don't have to be black to enjoy it. This is for everybody. And there were certain quotes in the movie, especially Killmonger's quote and the death scene, spoiler. And the death scene, where he says he goes, Well we uh, well the child told him we we can fix you up. He goes, Nah. So you can put me in bondage. He goes, nah, man, bury me in the ocean by my ancestors who jumped off the off the boats. He's talking about Amistad. Yeah. I don't know if you guys see Spielberg's Amistad. Yep. A lot of them jumped off the boats to rather be in bondage. And that was very, very deep for me. I'm not going to lie. That line kind of punched me in the gut. Right. Because, like, here I am. I'm having this great time, and I'm enjoying this Marvel film. And then he said that line. I, if I remember correctly, the line was, bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped off the ship because they knew death was better than mod. Right. And that just like, it's such a great line, but at the same time, just like punched me in the gut because I'm seeing this world of what if Africa, right? You know, what if there was never like slavery or the, the atrocities that were committed to Africa? What could they have become after that? And then, like I said, I'm a white guy. You know, there's we joke a lot about white guilt and things like that, but that's it's legitimate. I mean, like if you have a heart, if you have a soul, and I think it's natural to feel those things. That move, that line just kind of like dragged me back into the reality, and it was it was a gut check. It was a serious gut check. What, especially with the kids, mm-hmm. because like. You know, we've seen the memes, we've seen things like that, you know, first black superhero movie, and then, you know, you see, like, memes of, like, Blade or stuff like that. Yeah, that's been going around. Like, yeah, everybody's been saying, like, What, what about like, Blank Man? What about Meteor Man? Yeah, what, right. And, but I think, like, that's, those, that misses, does that, am I wrong, but does that miss the point? It like, does those, miss the point, because. Black Panther, to me, not to speak for you, Alan, right. but, like, I find, every time I see those those things, I get upset, because it's like, you don't get it, dude. Right. The, Blade was a niche character yeah yeah and he doesn't represent like blades yeah is he is he black yes but does he represent a continent of people no he's just a guy right. it's also not for kids oh again exactly. yes, yes. yes yes exactly r-rated movie so the audience is inherently limited right blank man it's a comedy it's yeah. ancient and it was played for laughs and that's not going to garner much in the world in the in you know this is not going to work that way meteor man Comedy, great, great but but I'll again, watch it in time. Blank man, I'm gonna laugh every time Damon Wayne screams when he gets slapped because that's hysterical. <laughs> but like, what people like, 
don't get, dude, is like Black Panther to me anyway. It, it's it's a big deal because it's the right movie, the right character at the right time on the right stage. Marvel flicks are business, son, mm-hmm. and they are business worldwide. And here's Marvel saying, like, you know, hey, we've got this big stage. Here is this character yeah. who represents so much more, yeah. and we're putting him up there on the stage, and we're we're giving him presence, and this is for all of you, right. and that, and it's again PG thirteen, kids can see it, yeah. kids know who the Avengers are. Here's this guy, he's an Avenger, and so much more. Like that's why, to me anyway, that's why that all that Blade stuff gets. Come on, man, you're missing the point. Right, that's is, me, Alan. No, no, you're definitely correct. I mean, this is the first one. Like people can say, like, like you know, like, like, like I say, you can see all these little kids. That, like this movie is going to be have a profound impact on generations, especially for you know little black and brown kids. They're like, oh man, I could be like Black Panther. Yeah, like if you're a black kid, like eh, I can't be Batman. Let you know, cape and cowl. So something <laughs> could so yeah. be a dead giveaway. But I, and like I said, blank man. Like I, I went back Monday with my other friend. He goes, there was time I felt very uneasy, especially when it's like colonizers. It's like, yeah, I mean, you got to think about it this way. A lot of African Americans have felt very uneasy about. I mean, think about it this way. I'm African American. I don't know where exactly do my ancestors come from. I know somewhere in Africa, but I don't know where. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about this. Their history, their traditions are all gone when it came over here to, you know for slavery during you know during the during the you know late 1600s 1700 during the slave trade we don't know we don't like a lot of a lot of our traditions a lot of uh the customs are gone you know we don't know i know where my father's you know family's root from they're from south carolina but prior to south carolina i have no clue like a lot of people a lot of african american um, african americans would tell you that it was cool too because I saw a lot of churches bringing their congregations, bringing their kids. I read a lot of stories, you know, like, um, like Titus from WWE. Yeah, bought two thousand tickets to bring underprivileged children to go watch it. Lorenzo Alexander took um some Buffalo of the South, Bill. yeah, bu- I sorry Buffalo Bill took some of the kids from South Park High School to go watch Black Panther with them. Uh, I read too that Chadwick Boseman, the guy who played T'Challa. He like he bought three thousand tickets. He brought a lot of underprivileged children to go watch it, and he says it's just something you know, deeply impactful. And I see a lot of people that have seen it more than twice. They're like, I had to go again. I went with my church. I went with my friends. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just that big. And you see people dressed in traditional African you know garb. Some even dressed as the Wakandan women too from the movie. Yeah, that was I saw a little that video, was cool, man. A little the black girls. Number, no, there was there was little black girls dressed up as the one kind of women with spears and everything. Yeah, you know, I was like, that's and that's another thing we we've missed the point on is just the impact of strong African American women. Like I said, yeah. dude, Denai Guerra. The the core of the movie is three women and T'Challa. Right. Yeah, and they're yeah. all great. <laughs> it's just it's just remarkable, and like I said, I think this this movie. Is going to go down in history. is It's going to be impactful for generations. It feels big. I mean, I see like the pictures from premieres and and from people just going to the theaters and and it just it gives my heart such joy that this is out there and that that audience 
can be reached and be shown something that is unlike anything they've ever seen. Cause like even, even modern films about Africa are never overall, overall positive depictions either right. about like genocide or, you know, war mongers and like rough stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the harsh realities of what modern day Africa can be. Just getting to see this, I mean, you know, I'm I'm happy for the adults who get to experience this. I'm happier for the kids. Yeah. I'm happier that they get that. They get their Superman for the first time. And that people just are are realizing the importance of this and just doing anything they can to get as many eyes, as many young, impressionable eyes on this film as they as they can. Because again, it's not it's not the the first positive black role model in genre films, superhero films, but it's the first one that's really immediately accessible to kids. Right. Like you even could say, you know, Luke Cage. Very positive mm-hmm. black character in genre, but series can't like I can't de- let kids watch it. Definitely not for kids. Kids no. can't have coffee. Um, what? <laughs> like it's been, you know, it's been almost a week now since the movie is out. How have the kids? Have you noticed like a change in the kids yeah. since seeing the film? I mean, I know, I know it's like, I mean, what's Again, it might be too early, but I'm eager to see what the effect is. I mean, it's just they're just happy to see some of that that you know that they can say, "Oh, that there's somebody that looks like me and who's also an awesome hero." And I read a quote from Stanley when he and Jack Kirby made the character, and he said, "I just don't want him to be a regular black guy." He goes, "I want him to be a king. I want him to be very positive," because at the time, you know, when they made the character. It was during the civil rights movement. Right. Yeah. So that, he said that was one of the focal points of why he made, you know, uh, T'Challa a regal king who had a prosperous country and was kind of isolated. And there was also a little, a lot of political themes. I don't know if you caught on to those, but I caught on to a lot of the little political themes that's affecting us right now. You know, like secure the borders. Oh, sure. That was, that was mentioned Isolationism on there. Isolationism. Reaching yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. It's not subtle, man, but, yeah. at, at, but at the same time, it kind of is, you know, like, but I think one of the most deepest things was in the beginning when it shows Sterling K. Brown, who was in This Is Us, and he played, you know, T'Chaka's brother. Right. And he's and he had the agent over there who was James, who it turns out to be Forrest Whitaker's character later on. He was stealing vibranium so they could make weapons to give it to impoverished people. And he says, brother, you don't understand. Our people yeah. are being oppressed here. They said they need this technology to defend themselves. And T'Chaka says, no, we can't give this technology to them because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's, it, could, it could get worse. It yeah. could cause an uprising. And that's why, spoilers, he killed he right. killed his brother. And that, and that brings back to, like, what we were talking about with Killmonger right. earlier about mm-hmm. making points that, you know, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Right. That's, and that makes for a compelling character. So there's only really one question I have left. Mm-hmm. Can we make it so Marvel has all the money? Yeah. And all the power. Right. And all the women. Anyway, no. Uh, First you get the shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
can Marvel make it such that Wakanda's border nation is Zamunda? Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've seen some amazing things I on the s- internet yeah. with, oh, God. with coming to America cosplay at, at screenings <laughs> of Black Panther. I saw the recut trailer on Funny or Die where they made Eddie Murphy the Black Panther. Yep. <laughs> I need this to be real. <laughs> I love it so much. We're getting awesome. coming to America Funko Pops. <laughs> right. Oh, I saw. Oh my God, they're awesome. Yeah. I love it. I'm I surprised they so didn't ask Eddie Murphy to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, what's he doing anyway? Yeah, you know. I guess uh, Samuel Jackson is not happy that he was not in this movie. Yeah, I read about that. Too. Which I get. <laughs> well, you're Nick I, Fury. I get. Yeah, but again, talking, going back, and where we're talking about like how what makes the movie great is that. That's not necessarily directly right. connected, and what, that's what I was getting at with my cap point. And what I was going to say, I defend his decision not to include him in any way because you don't. I, I, it was important for that movie to put T'Challa at the forefront. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is his movie. This is Black Panther. This is not. He is not going to be playing second fiddle to anyone you know. This is his movie. This is this cast's movie. No one else's, and they stuck to it. And I'm sorry, Sam, but you know. We had it. We, they, they. Yeah. I think they knew what they had to do with this with the flick, and they did it. And yep. it's better for it. So now I believe Coogler has been confirmed for two. Yes, uh, has he? I think it, Feige said he will. I think he, he will. Wants him back, but yeah, he's not think, signed to be back yet. Yeah, I think I, he will be back. He, in my yeah. opinion. I would be very surprised <laughs> if he did not come. It's back. It's amazing how convincing a dump truck full of money can be. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't even think at this. I, with everything this film has done, I mean, obviously he's going to get a pay bump, but I don't think, you know, I don't think money's the motivating factor. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. But but it helps. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's funny because, like, you look at, you look at this movie and, like, you think back to, it, it does the heart good to know that in all likelihood, Ryan Coogler will be involved in the second one for this, as opposed to, like, the second Creed film currently being made, which Sylvester Sloan has kind of taken over. And just, yo, uh, we're going to fight the Dragos. Terrible. <laughs> so. Anyway. Um, any any closing thoughts, gentlemen, uh, related, unrelated, what have you? Got to be impressed, though, that this film has generated so much money. Think about it this way. It doubled what Justice League did in four days. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's in cool. four days. Though, but yeah. I, is this that really highest bar to... Yeah, it's a low bar to clear. It's kind of throwing us a little salt in the DC wound there. It sure does. <laughs> sorry, sorry, DC fan. Twist the knife a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Nah, it's... Hey, it's cool. I'm glad I'm glad it did well. We had a feeling it was going to do well. I, you know, like... we As we, soon as you... We, as soon as we saw that trailer, man, I yeah, was so was, psyched. Cause was, it just looked... It, again, like I said before, it, the movie sells itself. It's a feast of the eyes. It was it was clear. I mean, obviously, with a Marvel film, is a safe bet. Now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good until they you know show us otherwise. Like you said, Drew, even their weaker films are still still good, still mm-hmm. good. Um, I don't like. I think we had all hoped it was going to be what it has actually become, but I don't think they of us like actually believed mm-hmm. it was going to be what it has become. And I'm that's just, just been a, yeah. the greatest, just to, to see the impact, the social impact that this film is having. 
that impact can't be duplicated, obviously. So that's unique to Black Panther, and I'm and I'm thrilled for it. But I'm like in terms of the money, just strictly speaking, like that. Man, even Thor Ragnarok made bank. So I'm at the point now where like Marvel is just gonna put out. They can put out anything, yeah, and it's gonna kill at the box office on opening weekend. Yeah, I think like they for, have so much cachet. It's uh, uh well for films like this, even it, bad it's ones insane. make money. I know, but like, it's, it's just transformer baffling. films still make. They money. do. I know. I know. Thanks, China. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, fair point. Yeah, it's good. Spoilers. It's good. Spoilers. Good. <laughs> Definitely go see it. Um, and we would love to hear what you thought of it, or if you have uh, any questions or comments to send us here at the show. You can do so at the following locations. You can find us on Twitter at Devils Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devils Do Pod. You can email us at the at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Um Believe that about wraps it up for us. Alan, thank you so much for coming, sir. It's Thanks always for- great to hear from you in email, but it's even better to have you here on the show. I'll have my email ready for you guys next week. Okay. <laughs> uh, Drew, any closing thoughts? Uh, I think I speak for everyone when I say Wakanda forever. Wakanda, yes, Wakanda forever. forever.